This is MJ. I love comics, and right now I want to talk about vintage Marvel comics. Issue 9 of Captain America Comics, starring Captain America and Bucky, might be the ugliest comic book I have ever read. And I was going to say, that's saying something. That's not saying something. <laughs> I haven't read that many ugly comic books. But it's ugly not for the reasons you might suspect. In fact, I would say that there are shades of ugliness. There are a few different ways, or which is to say, there are a few different ways in which this comic book is ugly, and I will tell you about that now. So, oh, where do we start? You know what? Actually, I'm not starting there. I'm going to start with the credits, going through the covers, whatever. You know, I, I like to talk about these. Um, so, again, I, I've gotten to the point now that I've read the first eight issues of Captain America, I figure I can read... Uh, read into the front cover what is going to be the issue in, uh, or not what is going to be the issue, but what will be contained in the various Captain America stories in this issue. By the way, I uh, want to report that I wasted my time. Hello, lady. I wasted my time. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like a lady's uh, giving me a weird stare, so I waved and said hello, lady, which you heard. I don't know why I just told you that. Anyway, um, I, I wasted my time reading a Stanley prose story that was not about Captain America. Uh, it was also slightly racist, uh, just like this story <laughs> here. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just felt like sharing that. Um, anyway, so this cover shows... Oh, you know, I never noticed that... Well, this one at least uh, shows things kind of boxed off a little bit. So the main image is of a man with a blackened hand painting a blackened hand strangling Bucky while he's strangling Bucky. And then behind him is a dwarf with very, very thin ankles that couldn't possibly support somebody as buff as he is holding a sword uh, and carrying it. And then Cap has, uh, a, like, popping out of a, a picture or a painting that this painter is painting is somebody in a hood uh, who's shooting uh, at Cap and it's deflecting off his shield. I honestly, uh, there's the Black Talon story in here. There were only three Cap stories this time because one, the prose, or the fourth one that should have been there wasn't. It was a uh, Stanley prose story unrelated to comics or, or Cap or anything at all. Um, anyway, so we got the Black Talon. That's one story. Uh, we have the White... Is it the White Ghost? Is that what they call him? That's another story. And this guy kind of looks like the White Ghost. And then the third story was about this criminal, this undying criminal. So I don't know if something got changed in the production order or if uh, whoever, who did who did the cover? Let me see. Can I see a signature anywhere on here? I'm looking around. Uh, let's see, let's see. No, I don't see a signature on the, on the front worked in any of the art. So I don't know if this was Kirby or Simon. I'm going to guess it was... Kirby, although honestly, some of these faces are jank, and I think Simon might be the less good artist, so I'm going to attribute a lot of uh, the bad art to Simon in this issue, and I'm going to include the cover in here. So anyway, that's that's the, the very first cover. Then uh, let's go to splash pages. Um, again, you know, it says Joe Simon, Jack Kirby. This is, oh, the White Death, not the White Ghost. So that guy kind of reminds me of that cover who's popping out of a picture frame, except he's in a green hood shooting a gun, whereas they show the White Death with a gun poking out from behind a wall panel. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about these splash covers, and then I'll, I'll get more into my criticisms of the issue outside of the overt and kind of gross racism. So um, they, you know, we've got a, well, anyway, this this White Death is in a spooky mansion, Um Last Will and Testament, uh, Someone's Gonna Inherit a Bunch of Money uh, story, which I think was in 
Captain America issue eight as well. So that's one uh, one story that was represented here. Uh, and you know, I thought the cover was okay. Uh, the knife in the foreground is really cool, stabbed into the the like I said, last will and testament. That's neat. Um, the next one is about a guy who uh, supposedly can't die. He's uh, getting zapped in an electric chair, and we see all this treasure as he's been stealing stuff. Um, so that's cool. And then uh, there's a bunch of corpses on a uh, stairs leading up to like the die is the race platform where he is uh, being electrocuted, and these are all his victims who were die who were killed after his death, his supposed death. So that's that's actually really neat. I like how that was uh, representative of all that stuff, um, or representative of the whole story. And then last one, we got a nice double page spread of the Black Talon. Uh, I'll give support. The Black Talon continues. Uh, he survives this issue and he goes on to be fought by the, uh, I think it's the Young Allies or whatever, uh, Bucky's um, boy team or uh, kid gang uh, series was called. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But also, I want to draw your attention to these faces. Bucky's face, the shading on it, nah, I don't like it that much. The shading's, I think, the worst part of it. The shapes and everything of the face look pretty good and all the other faces on here look pretty darn good. But, um, man, some of the art in this issue is just not good. So, um, <laughs> also, but as a side note, before I get into the bad art and then the racism, they did a decent amount of promo this episode, or in this issue, which was kind of funny. So, uh, at Camp Lehigh, uh, Bucky's reading an issue of Marvel, Marvel Comics, and he says, he tells, you know, Rogers or Steve about how great it is, which is pretty funny. And then at the end of the story, um very close to the actual, let me see, where is this? Very close to the, or I guess, I don't know if this was the end of the second or third story, probably the second story about the, the crim, the undying criminal. Uh, no, this was during Black Talon. Sorry. They feature Marvel comics issue, something mystic comics, and then the human torch, which were all part of, uh, Atlas, I believe. Uh, I believe Atlas was who Captain America comics was being published through. And anyway, I just find that very funny that they're promoting their own books in one of their books and that Bucky's reading one of their books in one of their books. And, uh, yeah, so that's, I think pretty much the, the bulk of the first issue. I you know, just wanted to intro it, uh, talk about the splash pages cause I find them so fascinating and they're, to me, they're kind of a big deal. I mean, they have to pull you into the story just like the cover does. And I do think this is a pretty compelling cover. Um, but it's just, you know, wildly misrepresentative, which is, you know, the style, I guess I mean, that's how they all seem to go. So, uh, within the first story, we got Cap and Bucky, janky, janky faces, not looking good. At least Cap's, I don't know if it's a, a cowl is what you would call it or what, uh, but that looks pretty good, like a lot better than in some other shots. But Bucky's face looks terrible. Uh, where his, his like eye line is all off, his eyes almost look like they're looking in two different directions. And I see that whoever's doing the, the inking here probably, uh, the inker might be at fault. I don't know, but I, I thought uh, Kirby inked a lot of his own stuff, but maybe this is Joe Simon, like I had suggested before. I, I don't know, and they do not make it clear. Or maybe Kirby was just rushing this, but regardless, it looks bad, and I challenge all of you, even uh, you know Kirby Phoenix, and I'll admit, I'm not you know super familiar, but I'm going through, I'm putting myself, so to speak, through the paces, and I'm, uh, I read comics very slowly, but like everything I've been reading for the past like year plus has been, uh, for the most part, or you can look through, through my list of episodes of stuff. I've covered all eight of these. Uh, I think I already talked about the first, uh, maybe the first two, but the first for sure, Fantastic Four issue. And I'm like, I'm going through, I'm doing my, I'm paying my dues and I'm going through all the Marvel history, you know, that I care for, which was the, you know, the real comics boom. And, and because, or 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting my fandoms uh, mixed up, but like, you know, the, the Marvel Age in 62, starting in 62, the Fantastic Four, but I'm going back to Cap because I like Cap a lot in general, and I want to see uh, what he, like how he was written back in the day, and you know, starting in 41, and then how his character evolved over time as they interpreted him. So I'm doing that work, but like I've been subsuming myself in, in Kirby, and reading eight issues of uh, the Captain America comics is not the same as reading eight issues of a modern-day Captain America comic because they, you've got like 45 pages of stories in here usually. Maybe two of those are Lee's prose, but I think 45 in, or is excluding the prose. I'm, I'm not sure, but still, that's like double at least of a regular comic issue. So in terms of modern comics, I've read like 16 Cap comics uh, all by Kirby and Simon and that's where I'm speaking from. So yeah, some of the art in here is terrible for them. Uh, the art is typically very good. I do like Kirby's art. I'm not trying to be an apologist or, or protect myself or whatever. I'm just telling you the truth. It's mostly very good, but it, it, there's some bad, bad stuff in here, and, and I don't know who to blame. Some people, uh, I've had people comment to me before uh, as I've done these, uh, you know, analyses, videos, reviews, whatever, and correct me on things. I would love somebody to speak up on that. Um, and also, if you're checking out the audio-only version, you got to go to my website, mjmunios.com STC. Look up uh, episode 39, and you'll see uh, this art is bad, bad, bad in some spots. Um, I'm not just going to be negative. I want to represent or present both sides. I want to present what's presented here and analyze it, you know, honestly. So uh, there's some great art, too, uh, in the White Death <laughs> episode or, or comic story. Uh, there's this really cool shot of Bucky sitting on Cap's shoulders, and I don't know ex why they're doing it or what the purpose of, but it's a cool scene. And Cap's looking up because Bucky's looking down, and they're talking to each other. And it just it looks really good. It looks really neat. Both of the like the line work, the shading, uh, the eye lines on Bucky are blacked out, so you can't see him. But and there's like some you know nice inking and shadow work. But like it all looks really good. And um, this is like. This is great art in the same issue with some terrible art. So I don't know if these guys were passing off between you know one another or or how exactly they did it. But and I wonder if it was the process was different in this or if maybe there was just like they were getting to the point where they didn't care anymore. Because I I read but somebody who commented and corrected me on things uh, informed me that Kirby and Simon left after I think issue ten and um, because they were there were some creative differences or, or maybe issues with money and they left after issue 10 and maybe they were starting to care less already here in issue 9 maybe there was they were making a fuss and that's why the art suffered I don't know and I can't really say but I'm just conjecturing here uh, yep I don't know what to say. Sorry, I, I'm shocked because I'm looking at an image with both their faces and it looks really bad. It was in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, it was in a smallish panel and it just, they both look really bad. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. You got to look at it yourself. Um, but then there's some great stuff. <laughs> uh, the the white death that he's uh, trying to get this uh, potential heiress, uh, trying to kill her and trying to kill all the other people who are in line to inherit money from this, you know, eccentric, uh, you know, relative who had died. And... Uh, you know, of course, because that's that's uh, a thing that keeps happening. Anyway, uh, it's really hilarious. Well, it, it's hilarious and it looks good. Uh, there's this scene where he ends up throwing the lady at Cap, and I wanted to make some sort of joke, but it just, I don't know what to say. But anyway, he throws his lady at Cap, he r turns around and pops Bucky in the face, then runs off, and uh, the the motion... Um, I don't know how you how you say it. Like the figure work is very good. I love the energy. To me, that feels like Kirby because uh, Kirby does really great 
figure work and like they're breaking the panels and stuff that I've seen him do over and over and over again as I've read these. So that's good. Uh, and then there's below that scene of action, there's uh, some images of people in very small or they're set. The scene that we're, uh, the perspective we're viewing from them them from makes them look very small. Uh, the white death looks fine. His hand looks fine. His face, you know, is covered up by this hood type thing. Looks fine. Captain Bucky looked decent, and so does the lady. She looks better than them, I think. Uh, and that's just kind of interesting because maybe this was this whole page was Kirby, and you know he did the best he could because as they get smaller, the the details are harder to put in there. But I think they look pretty decent. So given that there's that his action on this page, maybe uh, he did the whole thing, and that's why it looks so much better than the previous pages. Uh, and then there's just like some really great compositions. Um, they're looking for uh, the White Death as he's hidden and Cap is crouched and like leaning over, looking through some bushes. And then there's a panel of him and Bucky standing next to each other. They're breaking the scene that's behind. There's like a, a round, uh, you know, bubble laying out a scene behind them. And uh, then, it, you know, they're breaking into the next panel over or, you know, under them. And it just, it all looks so good. Uh, um, yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot to praise in this, but there's a lot of, you know, junk too, I think, or, or just substandard to the Captain America comics art going on here. Uh, then just something uh, really cool in that story, uh, Bucky's about to get killed by the White Death. He's going to get stabbed, and uh, Cap puts a shield in front of him, and uh, the knife absolutely shatters, which is really cool. I don't think they've talked about in this Captain America comic at all his shield being special, Um I don't think they had planned for it to be special or like especially unique because it started off like a different shape, uh, a standard shield where it's um, pointy at the bottom and broad or wide at the top and it you know tapers down to that uh, and then it had to change for some sort of reasons. You can look it up yourself. Uh, I'm again I'm not a historian so I couldn't tell you the reasons but I think there were like legal reasons they had to change because it was too close to another uh, previously established character design. Anyway, um, but it's interesting that they're adding more. Like, the third or fourth issue in, Cap actually threw the shield. Uh, it appeared first in a Stan Lee prose story. In the comic, the way it was presented, maybe the production, uh, he threw it at, like, a butterfly guy. <laughs> a bad guy, the butterfly. Uh, in the comic, and we get to see that depicted. But that story appears published after the prose Lee story. So I don't know if it was a Kirby Simon idea, or if it was a Lee idea, or how that worked. But anyway... Cap, one of the iconic things about Cap is that he throws a shield, and that happens in that. I think it's the third or fourth episode. Whatever it is, he's fighting against the butterfly. And um, then we get this addition to the shield that apparently it's very hard. It's so hard it can shatter a knife, which is pretty neat. Uh, I mean, there's more janky faces. I don't want to belabor that. But then, you know, interestingly enough, uh, the second story in the issue is this... Uh, uh, this killer who's supposed to be dead, but he keeps coming, or, but he comes back, he's been, elect you know, he's sat in the electric chair, he's been killed, and then he comes back, and, uh, he actually, um, continues his reign of terror and executes a bunch of people and goes on all these, you know, brazen daylight robberies and stuff like that, and there's this really great panel of, uh, his face looks kind of weird, he's shooting a gun, it's a left hand shooting, oh no, no, maybe it's, Okay, I looked at this a little harder. Uh, it's a left hand shooting at someone else's hand. It's a man's face uh, screaming in terror. There's uh, like a fruit stand or something being like blown up or maybe it's supposed to be those are round things or bullets that it's getting hit with, I don't know. And then there's a lady's face. She's screaming in terror as a man is collapsing behind her. That is all excellent. It's great visual storytelling. It packs a lot of story, like packs the crime spree into one image and it looks really great. So again, 
there's a lot to be praised, but, you know, then there's bad stuff, too. Uh, you know, Cap and Bucky get to wail on some thugs, and, uh, you know, of course, that looks great, as always. Uh, there's this really funny uh, part where uh, Betty is, like, coming on very strong to Cap, wanting to show him appreciation. She's kind of throwing her arms around him, and Bucky runs in because, uh, you know, the bad guy's getting away or something, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Cap looks super relieved that he's there uh, saving him, and uh, Betty looks irritated, and that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, but then, uh, continuing on, there's also some great scenes of composition, like they're showing, I think they're going to show that this guy, this particular criminal, is going to be executed again, and uh, the scene reads like this, is the little green door to the chamber of death closes behind Nick Pinto as an eerie silence fills the prison. Then there's a, a clock, an image of a clock in the middle of these four panels that are kind of, you know, radically shaped or in a funky shape. And it shows him waiting and waiting and waiting in different positions and shadows falling over his face, shadows of bars. And uh, again, really great composition. Uh, Betty gets to be pretty cool. She ends up saving Cap as uh, this guy, Nick Pinto, and uh, some cohorts of his are trying to do a prison break, basically. Um, so that's fun. You know, Cap and Bucky save her all the time. She gets to save them every now and then, too, and that's a lot of fun. He even thanks her, which is neat. Um, and, but, you know, again, coming back to the, the pluses and the minuses, there's uh, a scene where the guy who, the main guy who was helping this Nick Pinto uh, escape death is trying to flee from... Uh, from the arm of the law and he's actually trying to break out of the prison as well and we get this great uh, three series of three panels where he is shot and dies because he's trying to escape and he actually turns his gun on a bunch of cops so they blast away at him and uh, you know I'm not happy the dude died or whatever but just like the way it's depicted is very compelling very interesting and uh, very dramatic it you know really pulled me in and I, the moment landed it, it had a really great impact Uh, again, uh, in, let me see, which story is this? Okay, yeah, at the end of the Nick Pinto story, though, uh, Bucky's got a really janky face, uh, Cap's ear is huge, uh, and it just looks really bad, but Betty looks nice, so, uh, it's kind of hard to say, like, maybe this wasn't Inker screwing things up, I don't know, I, I don't know what happened, but just, there's a lot of examples of bad, bad art in this, so, uh, I'm gonna kind of belaboring it, except to say that it's interesting, during the Black Talon, uh, issue there are actually there's actually a lot of good art and uh there's um yeah it's in the black town there's really good faces uh i think it's colonel duffy uh he punishes them he's making this like cartoony um like excited angry face and it you know it really works it, it, it's really sold and bucky's kind of being surly because they're being punished and even steve they're showing him from the side again and his ear looks his ear looks big but not as big as the other one or is ungainly out of sticking out of his cowl. Um, yeah, that's like a monkey ear, man. Anyway, um, but yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, it's I, it seems like the Black Death issue got maybe more attention and more care, uh, and maybe that was Kirby working on those or on that one, you know, for the most part. And maybe Simon was working on the other two uh, issues. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of good action in them, a lot of good stuff. But the problem is, as good as the story or as the art was in the Black Talon uh, story, uh, it's uh, incredibly racist. And uh, I'll talk about that briefly. Um, let me see. Let me find my references. Oh, we get uh, only maybe the second or th third uh, instance of Cap throwing his shield in this particular story. And again, in the Black Talon story, uh, which was neat. Uh, but 
the and we get some great faces. The the villain, uh, Black Talon, um, I can't remember, his name is like Hobart or Ho, Horoth or something like that. Anyway, uh, he's got some great dramatic close-ups and it looks really good. But uh, I, I speak with reservations because of just how darn racist this thing is. So uh, in a moment, I want to read to you dialogue from the issue. Uh, probably four, four little boxes worth of dialogue from the issue to express just how bad uh, how bad this really is and um, just how shocking it is. And uh, the reason I want to do that is because it strikes me as funny that people will praise uh, Captain America as being anti-Nazi and anti-fascist and so uh, pro-social justice and whatever. And I think Captain America stands for good things, for doing the right thing, for doing the right thing when it's hard and things like that. Uh, he and Bucky, you know, are continually saving people, um, as far as being rooted in 1941, they made efforts to encourage people to, you know, put a bullet in your best guy's gun by, uh, you know, buying bonds and things like that. And, uh, you know, working against the German Bund during, you know, uh, before Americans involvement in World War II and things like that. So like, you know, it was like a propaganda piece to try to wake people up to do something right, uh, which would be to stop, you know, this conquering force of, you know, German Ubermensch is, how do you, how do you say, anyway, um, and, you know, I can see getting behind that and thinking that's a good and noble and whatever. Um, but it's interesting because the way they've done it throughout the, sh the, the stories is to, like, they've had Oriental giants they fought. And they've had, like, you know, buck teeth, uh, thick glasses, um, like Chinese and maybe even Japanese or just, like, vaguely Oriental people. And they called the people Oriental because that's how it was at the time. And I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that's the truth. It's an accurate reflection of what was said at the time. But... Uh, it's just funny that I don't know that people really look too deeply into the context of Captain America beyond that first issue with him decking Hitler. And I think maybe they should if they want to talk about him being a certain type of character or standing for certain types of things. Okay, so this is all me reading from the comic. You can see the images. I will put these four for sure on the website so that you can see. And if you're watching the video version, you're, you're, you can read along or see whatever with me. So this is uh, like uh, narration. That same night, Dr. Steiner sent for me at the hospital. With him was the most gigantic and ferocious-looking African I had ever seen. This is the doctor talking. Good evening, Pascal. This is Strangler Burns. He is to die in the electric chair tomorrow. This is, uh, Pascal. I read of his case in the newspapers, but I don't understand why you... And then he continues. This man... Uh, consented to donate his hand as a final decent gesture. I'm going to try to graft his hand directly to your wrist. By the way, I hadn't realized that he was doing it as a, a gesture, a good gesture, or a gesture of goodwill Burns was. Uh, I hadn't caught that probably because I was just so shocked by it. I mean, he's drawn like super black. And not that black people can't be black, but there's light skin. There, you know, there's a whole shade. There, there are a whole range of shades that people can be in their skin tone, whether they're black, white, whatever, but you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, so I will continue. Uh, so Steiner continues, uh, this operation was the first successful one of its kind. It may have unforeseen reactions. There is wild new blood coursing through your veins. If at any time you feel strange, come and see me at once. So he goes and sees him. I don't know if he kills Steiner or not. Uh, I kind of think he does. Uh, anyway, he starts just killing people after that. The hand drives him insane. Uh, the black man's hand drives him insane. He murders people and he gets inspired to do art. And that's this blending of this, you know, uh, you know, rich white guy, painter, artist, and a, a black, you know, 
wild man murderer, as they basically call him in this comic. And that's just really weird. Uh, anyway, I'll continue. Uh, so the last thing I want to read you, it says, And the Black Talon, most terrifying master of evil of all time, will, more than the Red Skull, will be back. Back to play a more hideous, more menacing role than ever as he battles Bucky and Toro and their gang in the new sensational number two, Young Allies. Don't miss it. I know that comics try to pump up the next issue coming up so that um, they will uh, so that they will um, you know get people to buy them but like that's pretty crazy anyway you know, there is actually one more I want to read to you um, oh never mind I don't want to read that one uh, it's just interesting to me this uh, this black hand that this white man this artist gets from uh, you know this black killer you know strangler burns who is probably in prison because he strangled a bunch of people to death, um, you know, and you know, that's why he's receiving the death penalty. Uh, it enables him to actually overpower Cap to uh, become a very serious villain, and uh, it's just really weird. Think about this, you know, this is before the radioactive spider, this is before the cosmic rays, this is before the atomic age, I guess. Uh, you know, Steve is made special by something injected into his body that transforms his body. And if you look, if you read the, the issue, it says that these uh, corpsicles, is that like corpse, uh, corpse popsicles? No, corpse uh, like molecules uh, go into uh, Pascal's hand and end up, you know, taking control of him and causing him to become, you know, very strong and uh, like deranged and whatever, like Strangler Burns was. And it's just, Oh, it's just really interesting, like, the way that they came up with uh, the powers for characters at this time. It's it's all very vague. It's very nebulous. It feels like they're very much just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. I don't know if Cap has normal strength or if he has superhuman strength. I don't know if Bucky has normal strength or if he has superhuman strength. It's very difficult for me to tell, especially because, like, I think Bucky's supposed to be a normal, like, 14-year-old boy if that, and yet he's, uh, he's very strong. He's able to best grown men on a regular basis. And, you know, the power levels don't make any sense, but, um, you know, none of that technical stuff really matters in the context of what I'm talking about. Cause I'm just kind of floored by this. And, uh, I, I guess I'm just wanting to like present it and share it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe strike up some sort of conversation about it. Uh, and I'd be interested if, if anybody, uh, enjoying this or, or checking this out, uh, knows of any other characters who were like this uh i would be really curious to know and, and to learn about them um i talked about i think i talked about whitewash jones in uh covering uh cap issue eight which was the previous one and uh you know that was interesting that was a bit of a doozy uh and then we have even more you know blatant racism on display and like i just want to be clear uh about this and i'm, I'm not trying to attack i'm just trying to put everything in proper historical context. I believe that there is a, um, an interview with Kirby where he claims that he never met a black person till he was in the army. So maybe that's why he, you know, made whitewash look like a minstrel show version of a black person. You know, this, this mocking, um, you know, blackface version of a, of a person, uh, this caricature is what I meant to say. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why he, or they came up with this idea. And I believe, uh, I know Kirby was, or is, or whatever. Kirby's of Jewish descent. I don't know about Simon. I think he is. I think people 
like to hype the fact that they're both Jewish and they, they created Captain America and Captain America slug Hitler in the face, um, you know, because punching Nazis is cool or whatever. Uh, but like, you know, are you, are you then uh, denying the fact that these Jewish men who maybe didn't know, who'd never met, who, uh, you know, could have had all sorts of superstitions about black men, you know, weren't racist because they were, you know, Jewish and the Jewish identity is very complex. Uh, Jews have fought to be white, have fought to not be white, or, you know, were originally not considered to be white, have fought to be considered as white. Obviously, the Aryans didn't think that they were white or uh, pure white enough. So, I mean, it's a very complicated thing and it's very nuanced and trying to just uh, smash everything down into simple taglines like punch a Nazi and, you know, cancel this person or that person or whatever for being racist or, you know, everything's uh, bigoted and everything's racist. Like, that's, I think that's foolish and I think denying nuance and denying history not that it'll only lead to bad outcomes, but it's not going to help lead to good outcomes. And I just think we should be honest about uh, people and their past and what they've done and their misperceptions and, like, have some grace towards people. Like, I'm not going to like Kirby or Simon any less because they did these racist depictions of these characters. I'm not going to. And if that makes me a bad person, I'm sorry. Uh, all the people who, you know, like I said again and again and again in this analysis, bandy about Cap as being anti-Nazi and whatever they uh, might have to disavow him now because of this. Uh, <laughs> if it ever came to light uh, in any big public way, which I think is, you know, silly, because then you'd be disavowing these men who tried to do good things and were flawed, because we're all flawed. And, uh, you know, we all fail at the things we're trying to do from time to time, some more than others and some in different ways. And we don't really need to get into that. I'm just saying it's interesting. Um, besides these things, my biggest problem is... Uh, given that none of these stories had to do anything with Captain America fighting the Germans or whatever, like, what's Captain America captaining? Where's the America that he's trying to save? What, like, are we ever going to get into more stories about him actually helping to fight? And uh, I feel weird about that, but if he's a war, you know, based character, then he should be doing more of that. And, uh, like, Hydra's not in this. Uh, Red Skull's not in this. I don't know if Hydra even exists yet or if they even had an idea about Hydra or if that's something that comes in like the 70s or 60s or whatever when they brought Cap back. Uh, I'd be really interested to, to check all that out, but I'm only going to read 10, 11, and 12, uh, three more issues, and then I'm going to be done with Cap and move on, uh, move forward in history as I cover all of this uh, like vintage Marvel. So anyway, uh, let me know what you thought about this. I talked about a lot of stuff. I talked about a lot of uh, like touchy subjects, and uh, I, I didn't demonize, but I like, you know, I didn't praise Kirby and I brought up some, you know, bad stuff that he and Simon did together. And, uh, I'd love to hear a discussion of that. And if, if people just like kind of heap praise on him or if they do realistic assessments of him, because I think, you know, that's an important thing to do. Like I've said many, many times in this, and I will, uh, go ahead and let you go. Uh, but I'd love to get a comment from somebody here, uh, some people's reactions to what I presented and, uh, like everything from the racism to the, is, you know, if Cap isn't doing like war type stuff, you know, is that good or bad? Should they have just mixed it up and done like, you know, war, a mystery and, you know, some, uh, you know, a crime thing, uh, every issue and have it be kind of like that. I don't know. And you know, is the, is the format too repetitive? Is he going through the same kind of adventures too much because they're just doing, you know, three and four cap stories every month. I'm curious to hear feedback on all that stuff. If you enjoyed this, like, comment, and share to help me grow. Don't forget to subscribe to keep current with each release. Chat with me on Twitter at MJ underscore scribe. Visit mjmunoz.com slash podcasts to find the multiple feeds in which I analyze Star Wars, Tokusatsu, comics, and more. Visit mjmunoz.com slash support for links to my Redbubble and Coffee pages so you can help me keep doing the things I do. 
Thank you so much for your time and attention. Until next time, be well, and may you find the strength to be the hero you needed in your most desperate hour.